Hi there, Randy Green here, and welcome to another podcast where I contemplate upon the destiny of the future of our reality field. Today, I want to end with the beginning, as in not ending completely, but I want to circle back to the beginning of my material and my work inside this reality field. There's been a long, there was a long line of activation processes prior to that, but in 2014, um, 10 years, 11, how many years ago is it? We are in 2023, so 2014, sorry about that. So nine years ago, so that's a kind of a completion cycle on its own. I began this uh, complex work that led to the book, The Souls of Humanity. And I wanna read a little bit from it today because we are going back into history and I will begin on page 37. I recommend you read what is prior to that, the deeper understanding of the LPF1 that stands for Less Progressive Reality Field 1, Less Progressive Reality Field 2, and Less Progressive Reality Field 3, a part of the Less Progressive Universal Matrix. So that's technically part of what we call the humanoid uh, system that is now changing altogether. I have described the newer or more accurate versions of this in the, it's not accurate, but it's historical. We are going back into history where the terminology is different. And for some of you that have read The Source of Humanity, you found it difficult to figure out all of these different uh, uh, contractions and different uh, wordings of things. But I think it's important that you learn to think in these complex mind patterns to really begin to grasp the complexity of the reality field that we are part of. It's part of learning a new scientific language. It's the high order sciences. Of course, each and one of us that remember and recall these ancient history and the timelines that we have been part of, we have our own language due to our own type of genetics, our memory base, as well as our template signature and holographic energetic architecture. Why do I want to read a little bit from the Souls of Humanity? Well, because in a way, two days ago, I was actually being pushed back into what we could say an older version of my timeline structure that's connected to my personality matrix. And a lot of questions uh, in my activation process myself, since I'm born in Denmark, were not in alignment with some of the other um, experiences that has been shared out there, uh, have been shared out there by uh, experiences and people that have been part of some of the, what we call different types of hidden projects, human projects that's been going on on our planet. From 2014 and onward, I was plunged right into the deep end and my time in Australia expanded that one because here in Denmark, we have kind of limitations to what we allow to tap into. But due to circumstances uh, of my own lineage and my family and the, the type of um, childhood I had, and I don't want to go into that right now, but I began with early childhood memories of, uh, particularly in dreams of a devastated reality field, being hunted down by men in black clothes, uh, being in a type of home that we had nothing similar as in Denmark and onward and so forth. So already early on, including a lot of dreams that were very unpleasant, plus looking into the other realities that literally uh, created a childhood, aside from the typical uh, middle level family situation, 
as in uh, what you call it, not rich, not poor, but uh, due to debt, not had much to, to live by. But we are in Denmark, so the circumstances are a little bit different here than compared to other places in the world. We have a larger security net. Uh, either way, point being, most of my childhood was full of stress, nightmares, uh, being afraid of falling asleep. Sorry, I have a little bit of sadness coming up here. Um, staying awake, reading books until three o'clock because I knew that if I fell asleep, if I didn't fall asleep at 10 o'clock and I was up for some odd reason, then I had to wait until three o'clock when the dark hours were done between 12 and three o'clock at night. So I knew that as a kid, I had a lot of already memories of not standing in the doorways, not standing in between spaces. I had recall memories of unpleasant things. I saw beings nobody others saw. So my childhood was this huge, weird pile of information nobody else had. And I knew that, so I didn't share it. Um, and at the same time, a lot of fear and a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and a lot of why is this happening to me, including um, recall memories of being born and how that felt and being pushed into the tunnel of light and, and have the, the experience of being born and having the feeling that I can't pass that birth canal, that's not possible. And other um, very provocative and fear-inducing type of experiences as a child. So I struggled with all of that, including uh, heightened sensitivity as well as feeling completely, utterly out of place, always asking myself, what in the name of whomever is in control of this reality am I doing here? So that was the, the big foundation, looking at my family, not feeling related, all of these things that today probably will have a very <laughs> different type of uh, outcome if I were born as a child today. This is part of our reality field. This is part of some of the secret programs that are going on uh, amongst humanity. And I have recall memories as well as a parallel version of me from England. And if I were, if I had been born in England, then these memories would make complete sense due to the different programs that were unfolding in England and America at the time. Uh, but I'm born in Denmark, so it doesn't add up. Anyway, so since this is now popping up, I also feel it is uh, the right time to go back into the souls of humanity and look at the information I had there since it played a huge role from 2014 until 2018, uh, including my work in Australia and uh, the different uh, clearing processes and um, experiences and recall memories I have had from uh, different types of projects on Mars, the history behind these different projects, as well as the what we call the history of our solar system. And it is all written in my book, The Souls of Humanity, and you can read that on your own. But here I want to read a little bit and at the same time, perhaps discuss the information. And as always, as I do in my classes as well, I write down uh, some text and a little paragraph can easily go up to several hours of explanations because words and thought forms are connected to multiple timelines and can be looked upon from many different angles and are part of our advanced type of perception of reality. So this means that when uh, in the linear processes of the base program mindset, the, the typical neural network setting is linear A to B to C to D, etc. 
but the expanded awareness as well as the, those of us who've been part of these weird recalibration programs or whatever we should call them I'll, I'll just leave it there for now because i will deliberately not call it something that we don't have in denmark so so this is again the whole idea of throwing us into different types of uh, programs that is not in alignment with reality we live in also creates confusion of course so with that understanding, there are, uh, when we talk about the human programs and of the original, original uh, regress races and the, what we call the colonizers, they like to prefer to themselves or refer to themselves as settlers. They prefer that. Uh, that's a nicer rewriting of history, right? You invade a space and you take over and you colonize it and then you call yourself a settler, right? We have had that with different groups in America as well as in Australia, invading in and eradicating the existing uh, population and then call themselves pioneers and pilgrims and settlers, which of course is not what it is. It is taking over uh, exploitation of another civilization as well as completely eradicating the original civilization for the purpose of the settlers and what they wanted to do, suppressing the original civilization. So that's part of the collective karma on a planet as well as part of the collective karma of our solar system. Why do I go into this? Well, I go into this because um, I think it's time that I do that. I, uh, when I began my YouTube channel in 2013, I talked about these things, ending up in figuring out, okay, I had to write it all down. And that came to be the souls of humanity. It took me three weeks to write it. It took me two weeks to proofread it. Um, and then it was kind of done. It came as a full package. Was it recall? Was it planted? Is it a psyop? These are all the good questions we need to ask. Um, so with that, people often ask, where do you have your information from? Well, there was a lot of uh, in 2007, where I began my activation process, it began in 1999, where I literally called the, the trumpet of Gabriel sounding in my head saying it's time for you to wake up. And of course, I know that's old world order technology uh, as most of the things that we tap into. Those of us who've been part of these secret programs, we have been that for ages and it's not by our own choice. I don't believe in soul contracts, uh, perhaps for the enslaved races, perhaps for the ones that try to buy a bigger or a, a better um, what we call a level or position within inside the enclosure, being brought here, captured other places. I've done template readings where I can see that some of the ones that have come here as part of the enslavement programs, captured other places, brought here by the big freighter ships, uh, would negotiate with Dracos, uh, which is what I see as the reptilians the Draco reptilians. The Draconians are an Orion-infused reptoid races that are more in, in family with the reptiles. They have got what we call, they are, they are the black reptilians. They are the Draconians. There are many other species, and some of them are also insectoids. So this is the Orion, the D8 collective. So the Draconians are the descendants of the D10 collective from Draco. Anyway, so this 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 book uh, goes into this, and much of this is history today, and I think that's why it's been brought up as in a release, a kind of giving over. Now we can talk about it. Uh, now it's okay to talk about it again, because we had the whole from 2016 until 2020, the Dracos were trying to negotiate uh, the allowance to remain, but eventually took off in 2020, which 
uh, released a lot of the enslavement contracts as well as the ones that had made deals with them. And since then, things have literally just fallen apart. The scavengers taken over. We have had a lot of influx of races that weren't here before because they didn't dare. Um, anyway, so that's that's part of the Souls of Humanity as well as my other books. And I could go into much more details than, than I have in my book material. So in a way, you can see this as a little bit of an attempt to fill out some of the blanks, update the material a little bit and work with it from another angle where I again can revisit the ideas I had then and perhaps give some further explanations to some of the ideas as well as correct some of the information I put in there because some of it is, it was correct at the time, but since reality has changed and our timelines have changed, then that material suddenly doesn't stand as it were back then uh, on that timeline, but on the current timeline where we're in, then history has changed. And that's some of the effects of traveling and going back and forth in time where the future tampers with the past timelines and by that correct the timelines and with that our history changes. We could also call that the mandala effect if you like. So that kind of makes it difficult for us to work with history as in saying this is history, this is how history was and we don't really know because it has been changed. But either way I'm working with this so that you can kind of get an idea of what we're dealing with giving some updates to the older material and perhaps give some insights that will assist you in the work that you are doing. There is a lot to be learned and there's a lot to be worked with and perhaps this revisiting of the older material and the new conceptualization of it on the new timelines will assist you in your further work uh, and uh, perhaps give some good ideas to what you are to engage in and how you are to perceive reality as it has played out itself now. And what is uh, artificial, uh, what is good or what's bad, uh, not that we are to go into this because good for who and relative to what, but it, that's the whole part of these deception programs, these manipulation programs where you are pushed into something and it's been tailored in a way so you think you are fighting the good fight. When the matter of the fact is you're participating in some kind of recalibration, pre-activation, upgrade type of programs that we could call controlled awakening. Meaning that they know that specific groups within our reality field are to wake up at a certain point in time due to the recalibration of the outer domain and due to the solar event. And with that, the solar event is the resetting of our sun back to its original configuration. So the resetting of the sun to a density one sun, including with that, the infusion of the original solar system energies influx into our reality field, the network itself leads to what we call a cleanup and activation process. I call the new grand cycle cleanup and activation processes. This happens completely automatically. And the whole game has been first and foremost trying to control this awakening for those of us who were part of the original civilizations to make sure that we would wake up inside their programs and not uh, as part of the original holographic uh, teaching system, reviving programs to shut down and remove the colonizers from our planet. 
but ensure that we will wake up under their control system so that we would assist them in their awakening process. Hence, my work the many, many, many years from here, uh, from, from that point in time has been to being ground harvested, pushed into different timelines, run through all sorts of ridiculous type of holographic artificial timelines where they have produced different forms of genetics from my template and my holographic energetic. Uh, architecture and used it to infuse themselves as an attempt to try and revive whatever they had of the original genetics so that they could remain here and have control of this system once it reset back into its original density one configuration. So we could say uh, that this has failed. But we are having incoming groups from other places and this uh, the whole what needs to be understood is here as, as all of humanity, we are under some sort of program whatsoever. The, 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 it's, it's just as far back as we go, let's just do the Buddhist teaching system. Why did uh, Siddhartha claim that there, he saw nothing but suffering? Did he see aliens? No, he saw different types of gods. Perhaps it were aliens, but interpreted as gods. Since many of these old races that were here, the elder races or progenitor races saw themselves as gods. Why did they do so? Why did they claim to have that right over the rest of us, aside from, of course, complete manipulation and rewriting of history? And my book, The Souls of Humanity, was an attempt to try and explain some things that I saw. But of course, we can also say perhaps it was a tailored story that I was fed so I could put it out to create a storyline that or a narrative that would be in alignment with some of the ideas that the settlers wanted to um, create around those of us who activated. So we would not remember our own history, but remember their version of history. We have seen that in, in all throughout human history, the conquerors rewrite history, the losers become part of it and eventually adapt to the history that they are being told, eventually being conformed to the myth over generations since the ones that experienced this were either discredited or removed or in any ways or forms recalibrated into serving a different type of history. I've seen that played out just within the last five years. Our whole um, human way of living our democracy has been changed due to the new reality programs and how people around us have been shifting from one level of perception into a complete different one, sliding into that one slightly, uh, and then suddenly have a completely different narrative about themselves and reality, including the spiritual programs, including whatever we can come up with. I know this does not sound as if uh, the typical one in, in most of the people that are talking out there has a tendency to elevate them into a position where they seem as if they're on the right side, they're the good guys, right? But what's the good guys, what's the bad guys in a muddy, complex, impossible history. It's not clear cut. It's We could definitely say that, yes, I don't team up with the Dracos, of course not. They were they were part of the invasion faction from the D10 once their own system began to fall. They began to invade other systems. Of course, they are clearly the bad guys. But if we go further back in history, they actually used to be humans uh, like uh, the true humans, but regressed into what they are. And that does not make whatever they're doing good. It's, it's bad all the way through and through. But the story they are telling for the ones that are part of their projects is that they come up with this like uh, psychopaths, a narcissist, tailor a story that sounds 
reasonable that uses bits and pieces of, of history and then put it together in a specific way that targets all our different types of um, what we could call um, personal narratives about who and what we are and what we find to be right and wrong. These races, they know exactly what you're made of. They can scan your field. They know your entire uh, personality structure and your personal narrative, and they can tinker with that and change that, feeding you with different types of information during dream time due to these interception programs and literally upload different forms of code systems into your mind field that makes you think in specific ways. This does not take away your personal responsibility for readjusting and stopping up and looking at and say, hey, that's not my thought process. That's not how I think. This is not me. So where does it come from? And ask that question. So in all in all, we could say that the challenges that we are up against are much more complex than what most people think. And that's been part of my work uh, since 2000 and technically since 2014. And, and why was who came to me as part of saying, okay, Randy, you, you clearly are, are into over your head here with, with that faction as they eventually dropped me and threw me into uh, the scavenger programs, which has been very, very, very unpleasant due to what's going on there with the clones and the trade systems and the whole, the scavengers administer the whole system with the clones and whatever they've been used for. And you can read between the lines here. So, so that's been bleeped through memory from the clones they made of me as a control mechanism. You see, once they activate you into these fallen timelines, let's just call them that, the regressed timelines, to keep you there, they have to constantly feed your original holographic energetic architecture with distorted light codes, with distorted code systems that keeps um, the TGs alive inside your holographic energetic architecture, as well as producing what are called energetic parasites. I talk about that in the whole advanced clearing course one to four, how to get rid of this. But it's an ongoing process. It's not just you get rid of it once and then it's gone forever. Not at all, because you need to get to the level where you have the light code. And once you clear out the light code, they push you into another timeline and then start from scratch. Again, using clones, put them into these different programs, feed them up with different configurations. And since they have a replication of your original holographic energetic architecture, it's easy for them to put it into the clone. And then there's a bleed through memory or bleed through uh, distortion energies that are then being fueled into this type of vessel that we have today, causing illness and disease and all sorts of other uh, reactions, at least for those of us who are unfortunate enough to uh, be part of these horrible programs that are going on. So does this make us heroes or anything that's uh, worth looking up to? Not at all. We're just people struggling like everybody else. Like uh, years ago, I was working with drug addicts. And uh, I remember one of the drug addicts, I was uh, there as a, as a psychotherapist working with them in, in group settings once a week. And already in one of the beginning classes, or we could call it psychoeducational processes, because it was both about giving them tools to find their own inner resources in their rehabilitation process, but also to, to some degree dealing with their traumas without digging deeper, because you can't really do that in a group setting once a week. But one of the, the one of the, and they were on methadone. So they, they were, they were this artificial drug that kept them out of their own abuse. And that way they had got, as we do it in Denmark, we put them into this program, give them methadone. I think it's called that as well. 
Uh, it's an artificial type of drug. They get once a week, they get administered it, and then they get places to live, come into these rehabilitation programs and go through different uh, they have these meet-up places where they can meet up as groups and uh, assist each other and have a, what we call a dignified type of life compared to many of the horrors that, that they uh, already had gone through since the age of typically 11 or 12 and living on the street and onward and so forth. And he asked me, you come here with your perfect life. Why should I listen to you? And then I, of course, shared with him because I don't, I, have, I don't have a perfect life. But the difference between you and me is that very early on, the first time that I got into an environment where I could have been pushed into that kind of livelihood, there was something in me that stopped me. There was something in me that said, this is not, this is not the right path for you to go. But I still had all of the different struggles they have had too in different variations. Some of them had really horrible childhood homes, but that's, that's not what I had. But we all have things to deal with. Nobody's perfect. That's the whole purpose of this one, to show that this work is not about, as we have seen it in, in, in the old world order, where the gurus were the perfect ones. They had achieved this and this and this. And then when it all came down to the followers that were supposed to do the same thing, then for some odd reason it didn't work or it was too difficult. And the question is, does there even exist gurus or uh, teachers that have reached the high enlightened state of awareness? And and what were their journey towards it and, and what type of teachings do they actually share or just let's put it this way, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. There's no easy fixed solution for this one. And it would be like uh, giving an example, going into after you have had a hurricane or a catastrophe of some sort, and you go into the area and you just go in as this kind of having no clue of what's going on, but have all your great ideas because you come from, from Beverly Hills or something, and you go to that place of catastrophe and you say, oh, we just need to do this and this and this, and then it works. But the matter of the fact is there's a huge difference between the, the levels of ideas and put it into implementation, actually put it into work or as we see it in businesses when we have we send different co-workers out for different courses and they come back full of the good ideas but then there are the rest of the co-workers that have not been on that same course and they don't understand what it is and just because you have a few co-workers that then act as ambassadors for the new ideas does not mean that it gets implementable it doesn't mean that the rest of the co-workers are cool on that new type of idea so they will create resistance so instead, all the co-workers have to go to, to the courses and then everybody has to be taught what it is. And that's technically when we talk about disclosure. This just pulling in few uh, groups, 10% uh, of the human population and run them through these horrible programs of which I probably am one, teaching them about all this stuff and make them write books and courses and podcasts and YouTube and what have you, does, does not uh, change the the features of humanity. It, it, we're not a hive mind. Some of these groups, they, they're hive mind oriented. So they think, okay, let's put it into this, just a few uh, human samples, pull them in and recalibrate them, rearrange them, change their genetic structure, feed them with a lot of information, teach them what to do. And then we set them back in and call it a quote unquote reseeding. And they will then teach the rest of their race, their species, how to do this. It doesn't work that way. Because there are resistance here against this. There are different factions that doesn't want that to happen. So there's this whole 
new way of dealing with things. I remember in the in the 2000s, I listened to so many different groups that were out there, and all although all of that emo content talked to my emotions and made me feel better or gave me hope or whatever it was. At the end of the day, it it, it didn't change anything. So the question is, I began asking myself as I did when I was. Uh, uh, getting my professional education as a psychotherapist and working through my own issues is yes we can we can go through the emotional content for so long and we should and we and we have to have to to be able to clear out the emotional patterns but there needs to be more than just that there is something else that needs to be looked into that's the minefield and not just the logical rational do this fix it this way if you do it this way then things will work but the in-depth understanding, okay, what is the path? How do we walk this? And this is where the, the psycho or the, the, what we call the higher order sciences, as well as the psychodynamics, as well as the higher order sciences, as well as the understanding of walking the path of being it and learning it and exemplifying it is so difficult for the most of us that are doing this and some of these programs, whether it's from, from the white hats or the other ones or the gray hats that are in between and haven't figured out which side they're on yet. Well, this is, we're kind of sorting out their own dilemma for them, which is also very, very annoying. So how does that all come to be? How did that all this mix? And it, it, it creates frustration in me as well, because I thought in, in the beginning, if I only did the releasing, then eventually these groups would not be here anymore. And it just showed, eventually it just showed me these were just programs. They were just trying to figure out how to do that clearing work themselves, how to get rid of this information on the timelines, creating artificial holographic inserts that I thought were real, but it, it was just a program, just another program, another program, another program, another program from where I was was enacting what they wanted me to do. So I didn't get the benefit of all of that work. On the contrary, it just created more and more distortion in me and led me to what we could say the polarity of my original holographic energy architecture and what I was supposed to do here while they were trying to, to, to ripe the fruit of my labor by inserting that into their own energy system just to discover that it would collapse and wouldn't work because they didn't have the correct template structure for it. They didn't have a heart field. They didn't have what we could say the emotional field. Does this then say, oh, we need to have emotions here? No, we need to cleanse our way through whatever the emotional field is so we can recalibrate and reconstruct our vibrational field. But it is seeded into the emotional field and it is connected to our vibrational field, which we in this current form interprets as emotions. These are part of neurochemical structures that are part of our peripheral nervous system and the way that our organs and cellular level works, cloaking the original vibrational field, but it's still the access point into the true heart field, which means we need to technically first breach the emotional field, clear out the emotional patterns, get rid of the energetic parasites and the prohibiting technology that's connected to it and work our way through there to open up the heart field and really get to the level of work that will allow us to clear the timelines. Once we get through that, and, and there is a huge entity and element, uh, elemental being that is called the guardian of the threshold. It's technically a technology enhanced genetics, a TG. So it's, it's a kind of parasitic entity linked up to a cube uh, in the fourth dimension. And we have to uh, confront that one of our worst fears and whatever is there 
whether these programs are real or artificial uh, or whether they're inserts or they're actually ours is some something we need to confront and work with and have what we could say the emotional balance to do so including what we say the upside of working away through all of the emotional layers is that some of the androids that are happily um, addicted to our emotional responses and our neurochemistry in, in that manner, they, they will lose their power over us. So how do we learn to vibrate up without being overly emotional? I'm still very overly emotional and on certain, level, certain levels because there is many, many layers of emotional usage through many lifetimes that is connected to this body through the cellular memories. But as I work my way through the emotional field that has nine layers in females and between four and seven in males, then I am, I am clearing out these many, many different layers. And in that clearing work and in the understanding of who and what I am as a person, Carl Gustav Jung said, you need to know your, your own myth to really be able to heal yourself. And that's our history, not just the joint history, but the history that's connected to our um, memories and, and what and who and what we are. And some of the memories I have are not mine. Uh, they're not mine because I see see them from outside, so of course they're not mine. But uh, there is this different kind of things. Is it experience reality through the eyes of another one, which means it's it's uh, could be a past life, or is it actually you have the typical one? Look at just go into your head, close your eyes, and look look at a, a childhood memory. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself from outside? Yes, if you remember the pictures that were taken of you, but if you go into your own, how did you experience yourself in bed when you were at the age of 10? Envision yourself waking up in bed at an age of 10. Did you, did you think about your name? Did you think about how old you were? Uh, did you think about uh, what you were doing there? Not at all. You wake up, you feel the bed, you feel the bed linen, you feel the pillow, you feel the tired, you feel happy, you feel uh, drowsy. You just wake up, you open your eyes, you look at the room. The first thing you see is it a rainy day or is the sun shining and you just get out of bed. You don't think, what's my name? How old am I? You just, you're just there. You just recall yourself in that situation. The same with our own true memories. So if we kind of have a memory where we go back and, and have this looking from outside and get this, oh, my name is this and that, whatever. It's not always our memories. It could be an inserted uh, type of memory that comes from the TG. That's uh, the way that the TGs actually release some of their enzymes is to give us false memories. That's why they're there. That's why they're inserted. So we conflate our own personality with whatever's left of genetics in the TG. So these are some things uh, I talk about the TGs and the souls of humanity as well. So with that little bit of background uh, information here, uh, I will begin reading from page 37, where I talk about the division of the fifth evolutionary cycle. And it's important for those of you who listen into this one to... Um, perhaps you can't use this historical uh, context for anything because your history might be different. It is about recalling your own personal history. But what we can say and what we can use as a joint kind of, of group dynamic here is that the more that recall their version of history, the better it will be, the easier it will be for us to really unravel the events as they actually happened. Again, there are specific words I won't mention here, but you can think in any event 
within the last 100 years uh, of human history or 200 years of human history. We all have our own experiences of it. Some lived through it. Most of these are no longer there. Um, and they, had their, they were at certain places at certain times and they experienced it from one angle. And others experienced it from other angles. And if at some point we are allowed to team up together and have discussions about, do you remember this? Just take two people and go to, to the carnival or go to a shopping mall and ask them what they have experienced. They will have seen different things, but they were still in the same setting. They were still in the same mall. They just experienced different things because they were observing different levels of reality. This does not mean that one person's history is more true than the other. It depends on where their attention span uh, was at the time, how much they looked at, were the two absorbed in their own thoughts, or were they actually looking at reality as it was, what was going on, were they suffering from some kind of internal uh, process that, that uh, led them to not really seeing what was going on around them, or were they fully observant in the circumstances that was around them, were they pulled out of their internal processes and into what was going on if a door slammed and did the shock cloak their perception of what was going on and onward and so forth. So it's when we talk about these things, it's difficult to compare memories, including we can ask the same two people to look at a fountain. They will use different words to describe the same thing. Even though they're looking at an object, they will still use different words because they have a different vocabulary. They have a different language set up. They have different thought processes. They interpret reality differently. Or you're looking at a at, at, at person that's colorblind. Ask him to tell you what how he sees the color red. He will see it as a com complementary color turquoise or bright blue. So so this is does that make his history less valid than than the rest of us that have a different perception of it? No, not at all. It's just different angles of the same history. And when we talk about advanced awareness, it's it's. For me, one of the most important things that I think in the next level of the work that we are to do is that when we begin to compare our memories and what we have of recall memories and what we have of our own history that begins to surface because of the changes of our reality field, it will naturally surface for us to clear it out and activate it or dissolve it so it no longer is part of our timelines and by that connects us to the unfortunate timelines that are collapsing in our reality field and should rightfully do so, so that we can clear the collective karma, to use that word, or the distortion energies of our reality field. In that process, we need to understand what it truly is so we can clear it, but we must do it from our own language. Even though I give you hints here and I give you context you can work from, does not mean that that aligns with your memories and how you interpret it and how you saw it. You might have called it something completely else than what I have called it. So this does not make that your information is more true than mine or mine is more true than yours. It just means relative reality. It means that I interpret things in one way, you do it in another. So where can we meet up? Where can we find common ground? Where can we learn to communicate in a way so that we can begin to create a new type of collective memory base? And that's why I put this one out there, as many others have done before me and will do after me in their ver versions and in their ways until eventually it will be common ground that this is something we know about. This is something that actually is part of our collective memory in whatever versions it is. And it is ongoing as we speak today, but in different variations. 
because these projects, they are outside of time, they are in the fourth dimension. So they can go in and out of time, which only exists inside the enclosure. And by that, we are dealing with things that that's why the book is called Past, Present and Future. Every moment is connected to the past because it is in the, in the present, but it's also connected to the future. So if we change who we are in the now, we can change the future. But we also need to change what was in the past to release the whatever's holding us back so that we can unfold our full potentials in the future. So for me, not for all people, there have been different groups here that have cut away pieces of their template from the Trinity structure to a, a dual structure. And by that have become a specific group on our planet that are only working under two fields, the three, five configuration, completely cutting off their vibrational field because they thought that the work with the vibrational field were way too complex, way too difficult. It was easier just to do the biology and the, the mental field. And by that coming up with different forms of techniques and tools and uh, technology to provide them with what we could call a vibrational field of which the TDS also plays a huge part. I don't believe in that. I, I don't believe in, because I'm a psychotherapist, right? Uh, and my life has always been, I'm born from a woman that's very emotional. I'm born from a father that's not so emotional. Not that he doesn't have it, as he says. He sends energy. He understands energy. He just doesn't like uh, entertaining emotions to the degree that he saw my mama was. My mother was doing. My mama. My mother was doing, and I didn't like her emotional outburst either, because it was very dramatic all the time. Lots of yelling. Lots of screaming. Lots of crying. But unfortunately. <laughs> to put it that way, I'm born of her flesh. I'm born in her womb. So I have that in my memory of my cellular structure. I was brewed out of that configuration. And that's some of the things I've been working with. So how could I take that because it's part of the fetal patterns of our parents, as I talk about in the advanced work with the emotional field uh, course material, that we have different configurations from our father and different configurations from our mother in the time of the unification that led to the possibility of the sperm and egg to meet up and create the psychote was the fetal pattern that comes from a father and a mother. And into that were inserted our own fetal, uh, not fetal, but our own karmic patterns, let's call it that, from uh, that matched the mix up of mom and dad. So we have that in us, and that's part of the clearing process as well. So there are so many layers for us to begin to get to the point where we can actually work with and actively work with the clearing of the timeline material. And to push that a little bit, that's where I can see some of the context uh, of the ancient history, as I recall it. If that is pushed to the surface, then perhaps, I'm not saying we can shortcut it, but as I used to, to tell my own kid, that uh, the way I, uh, I mentored my kid was that I told my kid that, listen up, there are so many things in this world and you don't have to do all the mistakes. I know you will have to experience your own life and how you live your own life. I did this one too when, when my kid was in her teens. So, so with that, it was this whole process of saying, okay, I know you're going to have to experience this and this and this, 
But I can at least tell you that once you experience this, then you will have some tools, you will have some psychoeducational material to draw from so you know how to respond to it. It will not take away the first incident that will still be what we could say perhaps create a crisis. But at least since you already know what I'm talking about, then you will quicker find the tools to solve it. So you have something you can operate with. So you have something to work from as a kind of when we're talking about the readiness for uh, what happens if suddenly, uh, as we're seeing in California, where there's no more in times, not all the time, but sometimes not enough for water. If people are prepared for that, then it would not be a problem. So it's all about how do we get the readiness for the future that is, is, is coming our way. And what does it mean to have that readiness? And this is how you're to see, this is not about me giving you the solutions. Nobody can do that for you, but I can give you tools and context and methods and ideas of how you can solve this once you get thrown into the deep end of whatever is your personal history. And perhaps what I have learned in some of the the different struggles I have had and the learning processes I have had and the solutions I have come up with are perhaps some of the tools you can use so that you can shortcut your, not as in kind of completely dismiss it and work around it, but you can make it shorter, cut it shorter in that manner. Uh, your process, you don't have to learn everything from scratch. So this is, this is the purpose of why I'm beginning to share this material. It's not about coming out and saying, well, my material differs from anybody else. Not at all. It's about saying, okay, we are now in that process. We are the end phase of the activation of the 3-9 pillar. And that's our reality field. And compared to what people should by now know, that's part of the disclosure, quote unquote, the reviving and activation of our ancient history. And since that has not really come into rotation as it's supposed to, well, then I will give, as I keep telling when we're doing this work, it is important to do every single thing we can so that we know that once we let this project go, we have done everything in our power to make sure that everything we knew, everything that we could share, everything that we had to offer had been given out there in some way or some form so that those who will come after will have the best possibilities to do the work that they need to do. So this is not just for you, this is also for the future. So with that little introduction to this, uh, the division of the fifth cycle uh, uh, material that I will here produce in this podcast series, uh, I've here laid the foundation and I hope you will enjoy this. And for those of you who want to read the book themselves, you can buy the book, The Souls of Humanity on any uh, any retailer on the internet. Uh, there are some that are no longer selling it as paperback. Um, but if you look up, uh, it's sold by book on demand. And if you translate the page and if they send it to your country, you can actually order it from Denmark. But it's I don't sell it uh, directly due to simply because I haven't got the capacities for doing so. Anyways, with that little introduction, see you in the next podcast. Thank you.